1: Welcome to Westworld with Jay, Jack, and Mike. My name is Jay. My name is Mike.
0: And I'm a giant ball sack. Steel ball sack. Uh, I'm a giant steel ball sack. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> screwed, I screwed it up. I even have it written down.
2: <laughs> All the good it did you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Giant steel ball sack. I'm a giant ball sack. Uh... I mean, I think Just you're
2: punishment that you have to keep saying it yeah. over and over again for screwing up the line in the first place. Yeah.
0: Take five. Hi, huh, my giant steel ball set.
1: We have we have a special room. We put Jack in, and he just has to like <laughs> exactly. We, we
2: finally found the aberration. Like you broke out. <laughs> this is what they do. Instead of sending them to war, they send them to podcasts. That's really like the the dead end that they send people down.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's um uh, uh reminds me of Conan's podcast. He had uh, oh I'm blanking on her name, but she's a very successful comedian right now. And she was like, oh, I'm not doing a podcast yet. I don't have to do that yet. And then Conan's like, yeah, you're right. You have years before you don't have anything else to do but do a podcast. And it was really funny <laughs> about how basically once a comedian's like past their prime, then they do a podcast.
2: But I guess there's the thing of like, it, it's sort of like this idea of like, if you know, you made it if you guest on podcasts, but you don't make your own. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it, like, oh, I have the time to appear on other podcasts, podcast. Yeah. I, I can't possibly muster up the time and the effort to do my own because I'm just so busy involved in other projects.
0: I'm making so much money. In other avenues, I don't need <laughs> your podcast. Now oh, I'm no, not right. making any money. It's five years later. I'm going to do a podcast.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Then you're then you're Joe Rogan. Um, I, was, I, was on, I
0: was on some TV show.
1: <laughs> Anywho, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about a new episode of Westworld. And uh, it was a genre bending trip. Uh, mm-hmm. For our, our good friend Aaron Paul, doing some of the best acting of his career, uh, changing all the different genres. Care- careful,
0: and careful. Uh, uh, Care- and then careful.
1: we and then we got Serac's backstory. <laughs> so there was a lot uh, to to chew on in this episode and, and talk about. Uh, what what did you guys think? Hot take. Fresh. Yeah, I mean, take.
2: it's, a, it's a interesting because like I saw some of the reception before I, I watched the episode. It seems like people were pretty lukewarm on this episode, ranging to, like, slightly cold. Uh, So I went in being like, okay, I guess I'm, you know, I've been enjoying season three so far. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm going to be prepared to sort of have a bucket of cold water thrown on me. (laughs) And I will say, I think, from, like, a structural perspective, it was one of the weirdest episodes. I seen, considering that it's, like, a flashback, it alternates between a flashback and a drug trip. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely a newer form of storytelling than we're <laughs> used to seeing on Westworld. That <laughs> sure. being said, I, I didn't outright hate it. I, I think that there was some really interesting stuff in there. I think they were able to be show a new side of their creativity. Yeah. Uh, with with the genre stuff, even if it was just like small pastiches, and less so about like incorporating visual styles into it. Uh, I found the Siroc flashback was an interesting placement. I'm sure we can get into that. I would say this was like if this had to be a table-setting episode, which it looked like from a script perspective, it had to be coming yeah. from episode four, yeah. this was an interesting way to do it, in my opinion.
1: It was, and I'm I'm, I'm assuming we all watched the little featurette after mm-hmm. the episode. Um, so it definitely seemed like Jonah, uh, as they were calling Jonathan Nolan, um, uh, wanted to just do this thing and, and do all these different genres, and they came up with this technique to kind of be able to do it, which is cool, but I, I can agree that it just it it did kind of throw the pacing of the episode, where they wanted to have this awesome car chase that I think was really well done, but the yeah. the then going to the drug trip kind of killed the pacing of the car chase, which was this really action packed event that if they didn't have uh, Caleb's you know uh, genre bending, I think it would have maybe been more. I don't know, more impactful from that story side. And then to your point, I thought the Ciroc back or or backstory was really interesting and I really enjoyed it, but it did make it weird than going to the, you know, Caleb and back and forth and all the different scenarios. So while I do, I, but I also have to back them up for taking chances and, and going for it. And there's also a tinge where even it was like the black and white at first, I was like, Ooh, watchmen did it. Um, yeah. where, you know, and I, I don't think they, it was probably like two ideas in their own separate vacuums that got there at the same time. But, uh, I, I, it was less than, I think, because Watchmen did it so well, mm-hmm. uh, in episode, in what was it, episode six, I think of Watchmen. But anyway, Jack looks like he has a thought. I'm talking long here.
0: I I'll be the, I'll be the lone guy here. I loved it. I thought it was great. Any time you can work the theme from love story into any show, <laughs> That's that's a win win for me. So I, no, I, I thought it was great. I loved it. It was so sci fi. Mm. Um, it just to me, it had that sci fi feel. There was so much going on. I, I hear what you guys are saying about you know Caleb's trip, but I I enjoyed it. I thought because Aaron Paul was doing a fantastic job with it, and I just I I I love the episode. It, there was was it as good as the one before? No, but <clears> was it a huge drop off for me? No, I, I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I th- again. I don't think I don't think either Mike or I hate it by any means, but no. I think it was definitely the lesser. I again, I give him a, I give him kudos for taking a big swing, but it wasn't a home run. It was like a single, in- infield yeah. single, I think. I, I, I
2: it also it, it also didn't help that it felt like sort of two different story concepts in one episode. Like, I do wonder if they had done what they did with Katsuya last season where they just had an entire episode about the Serac brothers mm-hmm. and introduced this idea of like, I mean, I guess the whole idea of like, you know, this reveal of what they did with the quote unquote aberrations, the people that they felt didn't fit in were sort of the mentally ill, for lack of a better term, and how mm-hmm. they sort of sent them to war. I guess that sort of helps tie into the Caleb stuff. And I would say... You know, while this was a table setting episode, I think probably the biggest reveal of this, or at least it's, we're sort of unraveling the thread a bit on Caleb, where we talked about this in our premiere podcast, but like, this is interesting to see like the example of an everyman uh, mm-hmm. outside of the park. And it turns out that no, he is not the everyman in this like caste system of the society that twenty nine, that 2058 is or 2059 yeah. is like he is the bottom of the bottom, because he is a little bit different than everybody else and you know they hinted towards a few things the dad from Veronica Mars is going to show up at some point apparently (laughs) so that was the beginning of something that I feel like is going to be probably one of the bigger mysteries we we talked about this last week of like okay now that all the Dolores have been revealed what's going to be the big mystery Mm -hmm. of the back half of season three and it I I would imagine it's going to be this.
1: Yeah, like that, and then with um, Liam dying, and he's like, you did it, you did it, and I'm like, oh, so did he kill his best friend? Well, he said, said
0: you're the the worst Uh, of the
1: bunch. Yeah, exactly, you're the worst of the bunch, and then as he was dying, he said, you did it, so I was like, oh, did he kill his friend? Because they're kind of interspersing him trying to save Liam and his friend. Yeah, Um, it could easily
2: be a thing of like, you know, much like with The Host in the Park, of like, the memories aren't your own, you know, when he was getting his treatment, how much, like is that strawberry milkshake story with his mom even real? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and I guess the the breadcrumbs were there. You talked about this, Jack, in episode one, about how, you know, his mother seemed to have her own mental health issues. And it would sort of make sense, whether by nature or by nurture, for him to sort of be a a byproduct of that. So it'll be interesting to sort of find out, you know, who he is. Because I think that's sort of, you know, Who he's? This is going to set him, I think, on a new path and maybe diverge a bit from Dolores, when he really was in lockstep with her up to this point.
0: I will say where they did blow it is when they went to the beach and they were doing all movie themes. It should have been Warriors. Warriors come out to play, and then had Joe Walsh in the city when they were coming. Because to me, my first thought was, "Oh, it's the Warriors returning back to Coney Island." Ah, yeah, but no. I, I, I just think that
1: would have been excellent. So to your point, it, but I think maybe <laughs> maybe to tie to tie both your feelings, Jack and Mike's feelings. Maybe if they had ten episodes this season, they could have fully committed to the genre drug <clears throat> thing, and you could have had your warrior scene, and had time for it, and then you could have had the standalone Sorak episode where you could have really explored it, because I think there was a lot there. To unpack, so on but one do we need,
0: but we do, but maybe they don't want to give us too much of a rock right now.
1: I get it, I totally get it. But I, and again, I'm not saying it's it's a bad thing that there's only eight episodes because I've really enjoyed the pacing of this season up to this episode so far. Um, but I think maybe like one more episode would have given time to fully flesh out both. Yeah, instead of feeling
2: like you know, obviously they were charting it out as to like the plots and the reveals, and they said, okay, I guess we need an episode to just sort of put the two of them together. And for me, it was a little less like peanut butter and chocolate than maybe some of the other storylines that they had. There was like mm-hmm. a, a final connector of Caleb. But like you said, like the Siroc brother backstory was just so interesting. Where obviously we have we have heard Siroc wax profound about why he created Solomon or Rehoboam or yeah. whatever you want to call this modern day system. But like now you get to see the actual development of it you get to yep. see liam dempsey senior's yep. involvement you get and you get to see specifically you know why sarok's brother is out of the picture yep. at the moment
1: and, uh, and dad's I, out of the picture too yeah
2: yeah and i'm intrigued to know like if Sorok's brother is dead or if he's just like in that institution uh that you know we the the glass cubicle walls that we we found him in and near i don't the i
1: don't thing.
0: think i don't think he's dead
1: no, but I, I don't think he's gonna be involved in the story. I, I I look at him as like the the Kennedy daughter, where you know mm. they lobotomized her, and then he just 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 doesn't. There's no effect, uh, like a modern day lobotomy or whatever. What he's doing to these people, if he's like but, editing their genetic code, yeah. um like that to me seems like a modern day lobotomy. Well, he but was trying. He was good. trying
0: to save him, right? He was trying to.
1: No, I think just stop him from being this, you know, chaos agent to his system. Yeah, uh, and you
2: can, and now you can understand why something like Dolores is so scary. This idea of like a grain of sand in a microchip. I mean, it, it, the yeah. way he talks about the system is so fatalistic. That one of the reasons why he kills Liam Senior is because he says like the the scenarios that my brother imagined was to the human race getting destroyed every time you batted us out. So it's clear that he's like walking a tightrope each and every day that's yep. not just like, oh, I'll let this machine run. It's like, well, the human race could be extinct at any moment. So it makes sense sort of like the stakes that he's working with. And it also introduces, you know, I, I now we can officially say, I think, and especially given the preview for next episode, that I think we know sort of what William's role might be in the immediate future, because mm-hmm. you could imagine. Uh, actually, I would not be surprised if, like, he was sent to one of these facilities for this like re-education, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and possibly maybe not sent to the front lines because of his age, but definitely I think maybe put away in a corner uh, or maybe re- modified to try to work out what they're accusing him of, of having.
1: Yeah, I think that's a I guess a really good kind of hot take, Mike's hot take there on that one. Uh, that totally makes sense. Um, but I, I love also, you mentioned like the grain of salt in a computer chip, but I think like a grain of salt in, you know, a fine watch, you know, it's just like, it's yeah. a fit, all these mechanical movements. So I loved that his kind of Rehobram thing was on his watch face. Um, and I love the kind of con- connection there where, you know, uh, a, a, a automatic watch has all of these movements and if one little thing's out of sync, the watch, it loses time or doesn't work at all. Um, so I love that it was like a watch on his on his wrist. Um, and as he kind of as you saw it kind of breaking and it was just kind of getting skewed and, and all the uh, was, the eclipse or whatever was getting worse. Uh, it was very Heroes-esque. That's the only thing yeah. I'll kind of maybe crap on a little and bit. a little but. bit
2: from the uh, – like I feel like the credits, at least in the first couple of seasons, like, wasn't yeah. there like eclipse imagery there as well? So it all makes sense. And yeah. I mean it's also, it also incorporates this idea of, you know, when – uh Ax talking to Liam Senior, this idea of like he's like, well, you know, you know what I'm gonna do, you know the program. He's like, no, there's always everyone always has a little bit of free space where they can yeah, improvise. Yeah, yeah. And I find it so interesting because earlier on in the episode, I believe they referred to Dolores as a free space. So mm-hmm. I can imagine again the freer behind that of like this one moment of quote unquote freedom. That people have from the Rehoboth system, mm-hmm. Dolores is that personified. Yeah, and so to have to like work around that uh, to feel like they had to do it to save the human race, and to have Dolores challenge that to your face is is a really interesting way to leave
0: things.
1: Well, and I you think go ahead, Jack. Sorry. Do
0: you, do you think Dolores was right to give everyone free will and let them know what their real life was about and all that stuff? Because they didn't. All, no one seemed happy. <sighs>
1: Well, that's that's why I think it's an it's, Serac is a compelling foil, uh, to to Dolores here. And again, I think we've always like is Dolores a good guy or a bad guy? We don't know. Um, it kind of goes back and forth. So I do like that we're continuing that. But I also like, you know, uh, a bad guy, quote unquote, a protagonist, whatever antagonist, uh, that has a um, a reason behind what they're doing that actually. Mm-hmm kind of makes sense it's like Thanos in Avengers was like okay he's a madman wants to kill half of the world but it's like this is what the world needs I guess like I'm not saying I want that but it's like it kind of the madman makes a little bit of sense I guess versus just doing it for doing its sake uh and that's where in this I I like getting Serac's backstory was like I don't think he's right, but he at least makes sense that he saw his home home get blown away. And I think it's something we can all kind of see in today's environment where uh, the world seems to be kind of in one of these phases of human history where we kind of just self-implode a bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. And if someone could fix that, but what is the cost of fixing that? And I think that's interesting.
0: You had Caleb uh, telling Liam the rat story about how when he was over there they had the rats. So he seemed like he was on board for releasing, you know, the information. But once he saw the results of the information, it's almost like his 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 attitude changed. Like, all right, maybe this wasn't a good idea.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: this this happens a lot with like characters being like, you know, I I I think it specifically comes with a lot of like revenge tales of like, oh, I'm excited to get revenge on this person. Then once you do, you you feel like there's a sense of hollowness there that you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily feel vindication. And I wonder if that was the case for Caleb. And that's why, you know, when Liam bleeds out, he is like so supportive, even if Liam's told, telling him to leave, he's like, no, I'm staying. And maybe it's because he's seeing other people in Liam, but at the same time, maybe he's just sort of realizing that like the pursuit that he was after, after all this time of like, I want everyone to be treated the way that I did is not a good feeling considering that, I mean, I mean, we might have only experienced like a drop in the bucket with like some riots, rioting going on. You know, I really do wonder, and this calls back to like Mr. Robot, end of season one. Not to spoil too much, but I wonder in the next three episodes, like how much of the world are we going to see in chaos because well, again, of the not, of these files?
0: There's never a lot of people, so it's it's. That's true. I think, we, I think we saw what you know the handful of people that 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 was chaos, but I think uh, we'll. Uh, Caleb, what he was trying to do with Liam was keep him alive because he wanted more information that Caleb, that Liam had. He goes, "Who am I? Who am I?" Mm-hmm. He was even saying that. So, you know, and you had the fl- he, he was yeah. having flashes, but it was like, I don't think he knows who he is. Okay. I think that goes for. I think that goes to directly what his mom said in in the first episode. Mm. I don't know who you are. Well, because right. he doesn't even know who he is.
2: Right, and it's, it's sort of this idea, and that's what the, the rat story was related to. Mm-hmm. What he essentially was inferring to Liam was like, you know, I think people on the whole would rather, you know, get die quickly uh, and, you know, with full knowledge of their fate rather than having to swim around painfully until their muscles give out
1: yeah, with right. the
2: false image of hope. And I think maybe he's realizing like, oh, you know what? Hope is an okay cage, you know? It's this <laughs> idea of like, maybe when you bust out of your cage, you realize that, uh, oh, okay, well, maybe the cage was good. Maybe I like sort of living in blissful ignorance because a lot of these people definitely seem to. Uh, and I'm trying to think, well, actually, I'm trying to think if there are any other human characters who like, I guess William, maybe? I'm trying to think of any other, you know, human characters who would like have their reputation ruined or like have their life affected by their files being revealed. But that's already sort of happened with the man
1: in black, right? That was
2: happening yeah, with right. like Emily finding his card and finding mm-hmm. out about all the stuff he did in yeah. the park. Everyone else is a host or Ciroc that yep. we know of right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> true. That is true. Um, Cause I think, yeah, William's the only ones it's safe for Ciroc. and And even then, Sorak's not very human, even though yeah. he's and trying to be. And we also just humanity. like
2: we also just opened his file. So actually, yeah. speaking of Sirach, can I bring up something? Because I please I, I no. don't know if this is in an email, but I saw I've seen this in a couple of articles. This has been a theory that's been thrown about, and I feel like this episode invalidates it. But mm-hmm. I do want to put it out there just for discussion. Yeah, I saw something about how you know when they were talking about Rehoboam a few episodes ago, they were saying that like essentially what Rehoboam does is almost like build a carbon copy of our world inside the system yep. to simulate what's going to happen. And something yep. that I personally heard, uh, and this, I think ties back, I forget, did, did we had someone last week say that Sirak might not be like in our world, right? Or was that yeah. something else?
0: He yeah. was an, an AI.
2: Yeah. So, so this one isn't necessarily that he's like an AI. It's more so that the scenes we saw of Sirach happen in Rehoboam, that he's sort of like Ford in the cradle that like right. his spirit lives in there. <laughs> And oh. so anything we see him interacting with is actually not in our world, it's in that world. That being said, that muddies a little bit in this episode when we see him directly interact with <laughs> Dolores, unless he's, like, speaking to her from Rehoboam.
1: He could, because it was a projection, <laughs> right? He wasn't really I, there. No, I think, yeah, he was. he wasn't there. With, with, right. Dolores, with Dolores. With Dolores, no. Right.
2: And that's the thing as well, is that people were saying, like, well, he hasn't really appeared in person in any scenes. You know, he's almost always been a hologram. He was with the, the president. With
1: he was with the president. Yeah, in person. the stuff with
2: Maid could be in Rehoboam. That could also have been like a flashback, too. You know, maybe True. maybe Serac died uh, and then, yeah. you know, his spirit lives in Rehoboam. We can't be sure. I think uh, there was also some fun stuff with that. Uh, was it like the Portuguese president with him swatting flies, which has always been a, a fun yeah. image. Yes. From it it was.
1: Brazil, so they speak Portuguese in Brazil. Oh, but sort of Brazilian of okay. presiden- president. But yes. I,
0: I, I wrote down because the flies didn't seem to bother Siroc, <gasps> but they were bothering the president. So
1: oh, I, we've seen that,
0: but we've seen that before with the host. The hosts don't seem to be bothered by the yeah, flies. They,
1: they
2: said that they couldn't kill a fly, and that was the big thing. Was that yeah. you know, right. Dolores showed the first them. signs.
0: Lot, I mean, these flies, these flies were everywhere. But yeah, not, not on Siroc.
2: Lots of lots of callbacks between yeah. like. When we flash back to uh, you know Serac and his brother experiencing that tragedy, like he has that shot of his hand going over the grass in the field, like Mae did yep. during her flashback. Somebody pointed out, I think it was uh, Vanity Fair, that like the shot of them on the hill is the same as very similar when Bernard finds the cow in the season premiere. So like I guess we have to look into some connectors between Serac and these other characters because now that we know it firmly is Serac versus Dolores. I guess the other big question is, like, what side is Bernard going to take now?
1: Yep. Yeah, I love the uh, gladiator walking through the wheat field uh, yeah. shots. It's, it's, <laughs> it's an oldie, but a goodie. Oh.
2: <laughs> I guess it represents, like, what,
1: like, golden days of
2: your like, innocence. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. I just, yeah, I, I guess, like, that's one of my... Is that on my bucket list? I need to, like, walk through a wheat field and just run my fingers through the wheat? I haven't done that yet. I've lived 35 years. I have not... I'm li- sure
2: there is so much like pollen on the wheat. <laughs> yeah, just don't touch your face afterwards. Do you
1: do you,
0: do you want a sand pillow at the end?
1: Uh, yeah, right. I mean, I, I just,
0: he, ha- he has a sand pillow to
1: hold his head up. Um, I I need I, th- th- That's an SNL sketch right there. Just the it's an actual like Claritin commercial or something like one <laughs> and three. <it's like, laughs>
2: exactly. Um. Maybe that's another reason why Serac is uh, is not human. He would have sneezed to be in his hands through that wheat.
1: Yeah, that's a good point <laughs> Um, but I, I, I guess t- one thing I've loved about this season is how I guess all the seasons have been very connected into the real world but this one very much so and it makes sense as they are outside of Westworld uh, or the park and um, like even just Serac's backstory and his motivation uh ties really like it hits really close to home and I know we've debated like are the masks CGI added later but if it's there or not, like the, the all of the themes in this season, and there were, kind of there was, were more masks last night. There was, there was, and I, I, yeah, I looked really close to see if it would be CGI, but I, I'm, I don't know, I can't tell. But anyway, I just, I don't know where I was going with that. Other than I think it was just a really interesting uh, dynamic to to this episode. It was just, well, I think
2: that, that I mean I feel like there are that. some. It's weird, I feel like it's a bit of apples and oranges comparing like our current situation to Ciroc's pursuits, but I feel like there is sort of some similar ideas in sort of like using statistics to sort of mold human behavior in a way. I mean, we have all been, I think, properly uh, espousing this idea of like flattening the curve for the past month or so, right? This idea of like Hey, we need to do things right now to produce better outcomes. Mm -hmm, And you know, you I I do not think uh, it's a far distance between what statisticians and medical professionals have sort of been charting out for us in terms of scenarios that can come from the coronavirus over the next year, two years, three years to sort of what Sirok and his brother were able to chart out. Theirs was just more sort of focused on like you know bigger events and how to manipulate things in their present to cause. Set events which also you know really brings into mind this idea of like constricted free will That there were like several outcomes but like you could do things in the moment like this whole thing with the uh, the first thing he did with the stock market right it was like yeah, oh yeah. you can determine if you want the market to finish up or down depending yep. on what we can do right now with these five million dollars that we sold from you
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, they they find the exact right thing to do to kind of connect to uh uh liam senior's uh motivations But yeah, I I think maybe it is a bit of real life treading into science fiction a little bit or at least like dystopic uh, future world. Um, But yeah, I I think uh, that is leading to some more impact or a greater impact to this season versus uh, maybe some other ones. But anyway... Um, all right. Uh, let's see what other thoughts about this episode, Caleb. We so, did talk about. Uh, yeah, we should, should, we talk, should we talk
2: about the drug trip itself? Because sure. I want to hear from Jack. Like, what was it about the specific? I guess the style of the drug trip that that you really enjoyed, besides oh. just the movie references, <laughs> or was it?
0: Well, you had, you had the music reference. I like the magic bullet it was fun because he's you know he's like ah, boom and he shoots the bullet. And he goes oh don't worry. Dolores goes don't worry, but uh. Yeah, I just I just enjoyed it. I just thought it was it it like I said it worked because we knew that he had Caleb had that and Caleb uh Liam had the drug, remember cuz he was given to it mm-hmm. at the party, right? Yep. So it wasn't like out of the blue this just happened. But they I just it up, enjoyed yeah. it. I I just thought it was, you know, and I thought Aaron Paul did a great job with he it. He did. So I just I just I was I just enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean I'm just I don't know what to say. You gotta was, give more was,
1: than that. I just enjoyed it. Come on. What well, give us some I, I more enjoy, details? Enjoyed the
0: music. I enjoyed the uh the whole uh...
1: So it was the love story theme alone yeah, it exactly. across the finish line. Well we had
2: Yeah, let, let me let me read through the ones because I again I looked at like Vanity Fair and I think Insider came up with a list of these. So we start with black and white, and it's clear yeah. that the genre is film noir. Uh yeah. you know, with like the smoky jazz yeah. music and obviously that's the other thing as well. Like uh, it's interesting that they started in black and white, but like I felt like they maybe this is just me not necessarily like, paying attention that much to the cinematography. Like I didn't see that many other changes. Like maybe there was a softer focus on Dolores during the love stuff,
1: but there it felt was. like there was a there, there was, was like, a there, there wasn't
2: that much more. Stuff they did as extreme as the black and white.
1: No, the, the the black and white was the most extreme, but there was other visual changes. Like the love one was very like b- like blurry and yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so it? the
2: next one they do is during the the chase. You have uh, what was it? Friday of the, the Valkyries, Valkyries, which yeah. is most infamously used in Apocalypse Now.
0: Apocalypse Now, uh, which, now. Is, which is fantastic.
2: Yeah, which is uh, about you know it's an adaptation of Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. This idea of like one guy's innocence being tarnished as he heads more into like this dangerous jungle makes a lot of sense uh you mentioned the love story theme uh which also might be you know maybe it's a foreshadower because spoiler alert for love story uh the girl in the relationship dies in the end Uh, and it's also this idea of you know love means never having to say you're sorry uh, which I feel like is like Dolores' thing, right? Like no apologies, <laughs> take no prisoners. We got. True. When, but we um, we when, did when have we, a
1: Dolores die today. In all fairness, we did have a Dolores die. That's true.
2: One one down, many more to go. <laughs> and I do I do fear for Dolores because I think uh, I think who was I think Sir Rock said in one of his flashbacks, like the best laid plans fall apart, and it's mm-hmm. like oh that does not pretend well. well. Uh, but then after the love stuff, we got as Caleb was walking through the the station we uh, we got a song from Train Spotting, which is that big Danny Boyle film with Ewan McGregor that focuses obviously around drug addicts. Sort of this idea of like making choices. I seem to recall there's like a big monologue from Ewan McGregor to start it off about like you choose to do this, you choose to do that. Like, mm. thank God I have heroin. Uh, then, of course, <laughs> beautiful string quartet version of Space Oddity from yes. David Bowie. That I feel like that, it's just that, been that was,
0: that was excellent.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's just been using a lot of stuff. It has. Uh, the, all my articles I've read have sort of uh, caught that to like not being the final genre because they said you know like the fifth act the, whatever the character Marshawn Lunch played uh, and they said it was sort of like a, a, a false alarm of him being like no this is reality uh, and then we finish with I know that we unfortunately do not get our Warriors reference but as we go to the beach we do get a pertinent song from The Shining.
1: Yes!
2: Which makes a lot of sense given again sort of like Caleb's, I guess, previous unstable mental nature, and uh, maybe he'll come around to become that Jack Torrance once again.
1: And, and that that score, that those themes from The Shining are so amazing. Mm-hmm. That with, like, Stanley Kubrick's, like, big like, uh, g- gimbal camera shots from a helicopter, like, it's perfect. Um, but there's also an Iggy Pop song in there at one point, if I remember yeah, that, correctly. The that one. Oh, the Trains, Okay, yeah. Um... I think that was one of the ones he did with Josh Hammond. Yeah, well, yeah, I and I think they, so they nice. ended
2: with uh, this song Emerge by Fisher Spooner, which I don't think has any pertinence. It was just sort of like a way to end as they step onto, like, their newly stolen jet. Assumingly now, maybe they're sort of done with the L.A. chapter of things and ready to move on to other stuff.
1: Before we move on from this conversation, can we just talk about how cool Ciroc's jets are with the freaking, like, panoramic Yeah, that, that would view. be cool, wouldn't it? Like, I've never aspired to, like, insane wealth because I feel like it brings a lot of problems. But in that moment, I was like, you know what? I know these don't exist yet, but I'm sure Jeff Bezos has one of these. And that'd be really cool to have.
2: I was really intrigued, though. Like, it almost, the background almost looked fake. So, it yes. made you wonder, like, oh, is this, you know, uh... is this just bad CGI? Or was this, like, was this a setting he chose? And, like, could he could choose, like, a forest. Or, like, could he could choose that he's flying on the beach.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point. So if Afterlife eventually becomes just like a hard drive we could put on, then I'm just – I'm calling it right now. I want whatever Ciroc's airplane thingy yeah. to be in my hard drive to Afterlife.
2: <laughs> and it, it's also perfectly themed because, again, they said when they wanted to do 2059 of like – Okay, let's make things pretty similar, but like a little bit different, and we got that with like even the jet had like a slightly different shape, yeah. Than the jets yep. we have now.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Th- well, even the even the cars are mostly all glass too.
2: Yeah, and, and it, they it, have and they automatically stop when they're amber alerts.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> which again would make sense in and, and even Colin's like this would be so cool. It's like well, Google and Uber and all these companies are trying. This is their goal. This is what they want to have. Uh, unfortunately, AI has just not been able to adapt to a human being yet. Yeah. And we should also That's say uh,
2: R.I.P. Dolores' trusty motorcycle.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: It was heartbreaking. Gone too soon.
1: Hopefully she has a few more in her pocket. I don't know.
2: <laughs> what if uh, it was only that one? She can only take control of <laughs> that one motorcycle.
1: <laughs> it did
0: its job, though.
1: Uh, well, I'm sure Maeve will bring in like 100 more motorcycles. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. But uh, yeah, that was that was a tough one. Much like we're, uh Were ahead. you
2: guys uh, surprised to see the return of uh, Lena Waith and Marshawn Lynch slash like do you think this is a wrap for them?
1: I think this is a wrap for them. I expected the, them to come the back the I was
0: shocked to see him. And then I I'm not shocked that when when they left. I, I think that has to be it.
1: I think so too. I think so too. But it was a neat it was a neat story arc for them. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is, you know, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Lena Waithe I, She's she's a fantastic actor So, um. And she had
2: her own sort of moment of revenge too yeah. Right where Liam is sort of Going on his like last Just sort of like at the end of his rope You know mm-hmm. yelling at them about like You are all a drag on the system yep. You know the system is in the prison You are to all of us essentially being like You're the one this is why we can't have Nice things <laughs> you, don't have a, you don't have a choice and then She shoots him uh, which I think, you know, he, I, he might have saw coming that, like, he was going to die anyway. W- what did you think about this episode as a send-off for? Because, I mean, both Liams end up dying in this episode. But this is a, you know, as Dolores said, like, she's sort of done with Liam. She, has, she had to use his access yep. to get into the system. And then basically after that, he was just sort of on well, board they, Well, they,
0: they, they had his money,
1: so they didn't need, they didn't need him exactly. anymore.
2: That's they what once. he said. He's like, you have my money, you have my identity. Like, there's nothing left. And they understood that point, too.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't think necessarily Dolores wanted that, but didn't really care. He's kind of dead weight at that point. So, Lena uh, Waith's character. What was her name in the show? But anyway, she Ash, took care. Ash, I think. Ash. That sounds about right. Uh, she took care of business, and uh, yeah, I think I think that's that. Uh, to me, I didn't really care so much because he was kind of a lame. Not lame character, but lame person in this show where it's like, you just kind of suck, so bye. I'm fine. Yeah, I guess he you
2: sort of – and I guess, you know, he bears a lot of resemblance to his father in that yeah. regard, right? And sort of like the parallel ways they went out of like they got involved in something that they are in way over their head. Yeah. At, and they think it's like appealing to – they appeal to their own personal senses without realizing just like how big the picture was mm-hmm. <laughs> that they were – playing a hand in and they were used and abused and discarded
1: exactly yep. in, in in both cases I thought that was really apropos or poetic uh, for the two of them but also like a fitting journey for the two of them because all they had was money but really they weren't the brains behind the the operation so I was cool with both of them being killed not that that makes me a sociopath but I'm fine with it <laughs>
0: Yeah, I had no issues with it, uh, except that except that Liam had information that we didn't get because he died too soon.
1: Yeah, but Dolores also has access to this. Yeah, she has it all anyway.
0: And yeah, I- but but is but is Dolores going to share it with Caleb? Is she going to? But I,
2: well, I think that could easily be a thing down the line where Caleb gets the information behind Dolores' back because let's remember, like according to him, she showed him everything. Right? She was the one to first introduce him to the yeah, file crazy. and be like, "This is what they wanted you to do." I'm sure she was withholding information from him to manipulate him into helping her.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that, and I, I can we just talk about how the, the little eyes with her all scanning the information was just a really neat visual effect. Yeah. I did. I did
2: like that. The flashbacks ended with like that final scene and it panning out to may, almost make us believe that essentially like the file was just like all the flashbacks mm-hmm. that she was watching. I also loved the image because we usually see like uh one of our our transition shot is usually right like rehobum mm-hmm. and then like a spike will pop up somewhere yes. and then we go yeah. to that place Yep. but for the flashbacks the it turned three-dimensional or turn into like a, a tunnel mm-hmm. of circles and i love that idea because it's literally adding another dimension to the story in taking us back in time through various yes. previous instances of it it's a really cool
1: effect <laughs> and it's kind of a play on apple's time machine which again mm their backup service, but like the way it works is you kind of go through this tunnel and there's mirrored images all the way like back, just like the way they did to Rehob- uh, um and showing and going back to this other like data file. So I thought that was a neat little play. Uh, and you could see again where they're taking 2020 and putting it 30 years in the future, 40 years mm. in the future and seeing what's there. I think that's a really, a really good play. Same way that, you know, Zemeckis did with Uh, back to the future going 30 years in the future. And it's like, there were some things he got right. Some things absolutely not, but you know, not going too extreme and not doing anything future. Jetsons is way too extreme, but kind of getting that (laughs) in between is probably the right place. And I think they've done a really good job of picking where, what actually kind of makes sense 30, 40 years from now. And I think they've done a really good job with that. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, gentlemen, any final thoughts on this episode before we Wait, were we though. happy
0: that Stubbs, is, that
1: Stubbs is alive? Still can't fight, yeah, but I was gonna say,
0: like,
2: Well, I think uh, he just needs to show up as purely a number, right? Like, they just had to... I, yeah, we should probably talk about the fact that, like you mentioned before, Jay, RIP, you know, uh, Connell's Dolores, but he goes out kamikaze style mm-hmm. by blowing up part of the Insight building, mm-hmm. which I don't know if we'll see, like, the effects news-wise, but I'd be intrigued to see, like, how the world... Reacts to that moment and why Dolores felt like that was the move to make to be so destructive in that moment.
1: Well, it seemed like she took out a, a lot of Serac's uh, uh, kind of right hand people. Um, Even Serac th- th- freaked out because he, he yeah. turned.
0: I mean, though he wasn't there, but he.
1: But yeah, I think because that that woman, she was the one that was kind of like directing Liam what to do. So I think right. taking that crew out. That was a lot of, like, uh Serac's most trusted people and then showing that this – he didn't know. He didn't know that was Dolores until, like, maybe even after it or whatever. But I think that was a really cool play on her part, and, and that Dolores finished uh her purpose and kind of yeah. moved on.
2: Yeah, so that's, like, officially, you know – we're done with that Pearl, that version of Dolores. I think Connell's even said, like, my role is done. You're the only one who can't be replicated, which I think is very interesting for Bernard. uh, That shows that, you know, we are definitely not dealing with multiple versions of Bernard. There is only
1: one. Yes, 100%. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Yeah, I think... uh, And we saw it, too. We saw, like, Bernard's was kind of, like, silver with a little bit of red, and then all the other ones were the same. So, that's the only Bernard... There's no bernard uh, twisty ties there, but maybe that's just trying to throw us off. Maybe there's, like, seven other Bernards in the closet.
2: <laughs> but I, I think, you know, the actual move itself – I mean, the the whole Bernard and Connell stuff was another, like, sort of, like, disconnected thing, but that was sort of interesting on its own, where they sort of had to have Bernard find out a bit more about what Dolores is trying to do. And you mm-hmm. see Bernard also try to reason with Connell's a bit as well of, like, you know – you're you are her but like there must be another bit of another person in you like you must not be completely on board with this mm-hmm. and i think he was preaching in deaf ears but i think that caleb is somebody who might get that i also want to bring up briefly that moment where dolores takes several bullets for caleb yeah so i guess is our assumption now that that whole routine at the end of the premiere where she's bleeding out and caleb finds her was that a con was was she purposely making herself weak so that Caleb would find her? And Because it seems like hmm. she's someone who is totally fine.
0: It didn't phase her. She just zipped up her jacket.
2: Exactly. But that's compared that to when she got shot like once back in the end of right. episode one. And she's like on death's well, door.
0: Well, I think we talked about it, too, because she recovered so fast. Remember when we said, oh, maybe mm-hmm. Caleb gave her some kind of. But she jumped up like she was on the brink of death. And then she jumps up and she takes care of the two Bad cops, he was picking them up and all that different stuff. So yeah, it might have been just a, uh, you know, something to get Caleb to uh, feel sorry for and bring him in.
1: I I agree, but I do think you could play it that I I didn't think it was one shot she had in the like she took out like all those people was getting shot left and right. I feel like, from my eyes, I thought she had took on a lot more damage in episode one versus it was just three shots. She still I, recovered fast. You're right. You're right. I, I do think it's your thoughts are valid, and I do think Warren's kind of backing up that theory, but I could also see it as, to me, this was less of a, a wound than maybe she took at the beginning of, of the season. There's three
0: bullet holes.
1: <laughs> there, there were three, but I, but she took on all those hitmen at the end, and they were all shooting her. She was taking those hits, so I th- feel like, there's a certain level of like, but I I agree I I do agree, but I'm just saying there's a you yeah. could because like she she, wasn't, I mean, it away. she
2: she wasn't even wearing a bulletproof vest right because Caleb saw no. like the exit saw, looked, yeah, yeah the one on
1: the side which didn't hit him which was interesting because it looked like she stood in front of him and it was right there but whatever magic, it deflects out the other but way C-
0: but Caleb has to know that she's not human now.
1: I would right? think, or having a lot of bionic parts. Who's no, yeah, who something like yeah. that.
2: Which yeah. you know, again,
0: like he has his
2: own complications with artificial technology, considering that he worked alongside one. So I think yep. you know Caleb has to reconcile with a lot immediately during this long plane ride to wherever they're going. And so mm-hmm. I think he, I think he's going to be the character to watch for the immediate future, as to like how, who, who does he remember himself as? Who is he really? How does he come to terms with, you know, his closest confidant and what she's trying to do? And ultimately, does he betray Dolores or not? Does he become another Teddy or does he become his own Dolores in his own right and sort of strike out against his master?
1: If you were... So we, 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 Greg, Jack. Sorry.
0: We didn't mention either, too, that, that Dolores Martin kind of saved Bernard. right? Absolutely he, saved. Yeah. So, so why... If, if Bernard is going to work against Dolores...
1: Floris wants would she... that though. She said yeah. that at the beginning of the scene. She wants someone to kind of counter this to to oh. be, probably hold back her inhibitions and make sure she doesn't go too extreme in her exactly wiping out of society. But I, I do really like <laughs> I do really like Mike's point here, and I and I want to ask. Um, I forgot what I was going to ask Jack Jimmy <laughs> off there. It was yeah. a great point though. Thank you. Um, That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. It was a good point. Damn it. Anyway, I guess we we'll why, why don't you write it down? Because I didn't. I don't know. Works every time. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, uh, we'll 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 close it off there. I'm sure I might think of it when, once we get to uh, listener feedback or uh, Jack's crackpot theory of the week. But anyway, you guys ready for some listener feedback? Oh yeah. All right, that's what we thought about this episode. Now it's time to get on what you thought about this episode. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Wait, it was about it was about Caleb <laughs> betraying Dolores, uh, doing it or not doing it. And is he actually going to betray her? is he going to et tu brute Dolores in the end? I kind of wanted to ask the panel here. Do we think that's going to happen? If you were in the if you were in the writers' room, if you had a, a sphere of influence to kind of tell them what to do, Oh, am I taking your crack work theory? I'm sorry, that's, but it's it. it's down the drain. Sorry, you guys are coming with a new one. Think on your wait, feet.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Let's let's put a pin in it. and okay. let's Be respectful and wait until the end of the show. We'll give <laughs> it some time to sort of think it over, let's and, and
1: then you guys it. can comment on it after. There we go. Sure. Fine. Thank you. Let's go to some listener <laughs> feedback. But before we do that. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. Listener, listener feedback. feedback. All right. It's listener feedback time. Time to get into what you all thought about this episode. You all thought uh, it? First up, we do not have an email from Ethan. So, oh. Ethan, I don't. whatever excuse you have, I don't care. <laughs> Send an he- email. Because, I think you know, he
0: said he just doesn't like you, so he said he's not sending an email.
1: That's fine, because, you know, we have one from not Ethan, and his emails are ah. frankly better. So,
2: And we you can tell you. Ethan, like, if, you know, if he does want to build a bridge with Jay, this is not helping the situation. Just furthering the
0: rivalry. <laughs> are, are you saying eventually if, if Ethan keeps slacking, you won't read an email if he does send it?
1: Yeah, I'll leave that. Just ask not Ethan. I'll leave it there for two years. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's go to our email here. First up, we're gonna go to not Ethan's email. Previously on emails from not Ethan, Mitch did an animal job trying to tie Star Wars into Westworld, while not Jack took us on a tangent about how Last Jedi branches out into something that knew that Rise of Skywalker doesn't. Uh, to not Jack. I feel you in what you appreciate about Last Jedi doing so- Last Jedi doing something different. I can see value in that. My response, though, is that Episode 8 of 9 of One Single Saga is not the place to do that. Go do that experiment st- in a spin-off or a brand-new trilogy. For me, 9 was a fr- thrilling conclusion where we got to go on an adventure with our characters. Gone are the meta commentaries on Relative... Li- relative... Oof, relative is... Oh, good lord relativism and society and instead we go back to the fun of struggling heroes who have no business winning the day rising up and taking down evil the brilliance of the movie is that while on it sir, it's a fun ride it's also managed to make relevant and necessary both episode 7 and 8 while hearkening back to the themes of motifs from both the original and prequel trilogy anyway I'm glad you liked what you liked, but for me I'm drawn to the epic and emotional journey of Rise of Skywalker. It gave me all that, especially for Rey and her choosing that, despite her bloodline and darkness within her, she could embrace the light. Unlike all the characters in Westworld.
2: Oh, okay, all right. If I'm glad the what? word in Westworld was said somewhere like, you know. that was
1: my
0: that was my crackpot theory. Is all about Star Star Wars.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the <laughs> listeners of this show. That I have influenced on Ethan to go this Star Wars heavy. We have a great Star Wars podcast on this network. Own yeah. Barbecue. Check it out. Uh, but anyway, these people seem to always choose a dark path whenever they are presented options. But the connection this season to big data is very interesting and prescient. Oh, I'm intrigued by this idea. And what did Dempsey see? And who did he think Caleb is? For your crackpot theory, Jack, I say that Caleb is also Bernard. Until next week, folks. Love from the original flavor, not Ethan. So is is, so is
2: is Caleb like a backup Bernard? Like they say that there's only one Bernard, but in case that Bernard dies, there's another one handy.
1: I guess, but then it does kind of I don't know make the whole statement a moot point that he's the only one left.
2: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we—you have to think when this coming through a, a version of Dolores that it might be a manipulation. But yeah, I don't know. And that be—it would be interesting if you know this person. This is just like there was a Caleb, but the person right now is not Caleb. You know that this is an entirely different person who is just implanted with the memories of this guy. Hell, maybe this Caleb, maybe the actual Caleb, like died in battle. And they, Dolores, sort of, like, how she, you know, adopted this personality, this, what, like, Lana was, like, the ID that she adopted in the first episode of, like, Mm. a girl who died uh, in Sweden or something. Maybe Mm -hmm. she did the same thing with Caleb of, like, here's a guy who is not alive anymore. I'm going to use his identity to, but you don't have to imagine, like, you know, when, before they met, he was, like, working in the RICO app, he had a job. So this would have to be, like, a deep Deep con, if they were indeed setting up Caleb as entirely new
1: identity. Yeah, that's where I just I feel it's a bit of a stretch, a bit of a stretch, Armstrong. um, (laughs) To to say, but I, I yeah, I think it'd be interesting, but we'll yeah stretch Armstrong. But anyway, Hour of fun. I I know it's like maybe
2: lots of goo inside, much like the hosts. (laughs) Yeah. We all cut open our Stretch Armstrongs, right, at some
1: point? I never had one. L- little known fact. Little known fact. You can see my room. My room is full of my childhood. At no point is there a Stretch Armstrong included. Did so you ask for a Stretch Armstrong? Armstrong. I did. Christmas 94.
2: Oh, you got the year and everything.
1: I thought you asked for a Tuba Terror, Terror shoot. That was when I was three, Mother Trucker. That was 1988, and and the the
0: best thing is we've guessed it right. It It doesn't matter. Turtle parachute. It It was 1988,
1: not 1994. Christmas when a young nine-year-old Jay. Gladfelter woke up because, Christmas morning.
0: Let's, just, let's face facts. You with a stretch Armstrong, that's work. That's exercise.
1: There was no it, it, stretch arm. Nine year old Jay was not going to be
0: exercising with stretch arm. Like, got- <laughs> I,
2: I never thought that stretch arm. This stretch arm is what you're thinking like is a kid's resistance band. Is that what you're calling <laughs> stretch Armstrong <laughs> Get that armor. Like yeah.
0: the It was, was too much to work for Jay.
1: Jay wouldn't have done it. Jack's just trying to justify his failure. He, fine. He,
0: we got it's him fine. A, a Ninja Turtle skateboard that he never used, and we got it. I, I think I, I saved used it that more skateboard. than you.
1: That skateboard is worth a lot of money now, and I sold Do it at a swap me or a, a garage, garage sale, sale at Grandma Clanton's house in 1995 or six somewhere on there. I, I don't yeah. know. It was, it was, remember, she offered Pepsi
0: for. Breakfast with the
1: donuts. Anyway, okay, (laughs) get back on track. That's my job. And your and your
0: Ninja Turtle hockey game that you never used.
1: Uh, I did use it. I just lost a lot of pieces. Those I'd like to find. One of those would be neat. Anyway, focus, (laughs) people. We have one more email here, titled "Westworld Episode Three Point Zero Five Genre." Hello, Jay, Jack, and Mike. Or do you prefer Mitch? I do not prefer Mitch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just going to answer
1: that question right off the bat. Hi, Sasha Flick here. I am a hardcore OG Lost podcast fan. Um, Hashtag LA Lost finale Orpheum 2010. And also a fan of your Leftovers podcast. And of course, this terrific Westworld podcast. So thank you and thank you each, Sasha Thank you. That was very kind of you to Thank say. You. Um, well, while Mike was not in the Jay and Jack in 2010, if you were, you would have been at the Orpheum Theater in downtown LA with that fantastic fun loss party that we had. Um, all right. So while I am late to this pod party, I'm caught up on all the episodes, both on show and on pod. So a select handful of episode hot takes before an expanded list for episode Ooh. five. <laughs> episode one. Which is hot takes. Dolores' convertible dress is less of a James Bond fashion gadget and more of a pers- purposeful distraction. Giving her history, she knows that most are just going to look at her body and see her only as the girl in the gold, gorgeous gold dress. The overhead shot of Caleb walking up uh, is the same as the overhead shots of Maeve and Dolores wa- uh, waking up in Westworld. #Hashtag Jack is onto something. And last for episode one, I agree with Jack's crackpot theory here. Out of the gate, as I had the same thought, Caleb is definitely some type of AI, if not an outright host type. And while his cabbage-headed mom even knows it, uh, that he's not her son, (laughs) Caleb just doesn't know it yet. And many episodes to date point us to the idea of hosts not knowing their hosts, Seismar, Hector, Bernard, etc. Episode two, The Winter Line. Do you think it was tongue-in-cheek that Luke Hemsworth swings about a battle axe as a nod to Chris swinging Thor's hammer? Mm. Mave and Sirach's first meeting is like a showdown in the Garden of Eden with Sirach literally carving up an apple, symbolically carving up <clears throat> truth and wisdom. Episode 3, The Absence of Field. Episode 4, The Mother of Exiles. In this modern era of representing true selves and giving all gender identities visibility between Dolores, Charlotte, Caleb, Musashi, Ash, and any number of who might it be, this sleek and sexy casting is working on every, every level. Hashtag we are all Dolores. Episode 5. Genre. As the teenage Ciroc brothers descend to the bucolic hill, the French village we see in the distance has the steep point of a chapel, a pinprick of a reminder of that previous Westworld.
2: Mm, Escalante.
1: The apocalyptic newsreel opening to tonight's episode is especially on the nose, given the current climate. We we didn't talk about that today. Uh, Use of sound and music during Caleb's genre trip was impeccably done from the ride of the Valkyries... For the action genre to love story for the romantic genre to night clubbing for the drug slash party genre to the shining theme for the murderous dystopia under the pier. Red rhyme. (laughs) The scene where the scene where Serac is tending to his brother in the facility is like if Kanye West was the creative director for a future music list for Rocky Horror Picture Show, where (laughs) Serac is Frank and his outlier brother is Rocky.
2: Oh, my God. That is just an image and a half. Yes. I love it. That that was
1: this. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that journey, Sasha. Uh, Here we go again. It's a Garden of Eden story. Dolores has given everyone the bite of the knowledge. Apple seeds and all. Everyone is aware. No one is asleep. Eden is over.
2: But that also means that they've been given original sin then in
1: that case. And so they can all be
2: punished in a manner of speaking. And that their God, as Sirach referred to many, many times, is Rehoboam
1: yep it's very true who who is the uh the messiah is is dolores the messiah is kayla the messiah is bernard the messiah
2: well i guess i guess like uh dolores was sort of like the snake in that but it wasn't that it was convincing eve to bite the apple it was more so like forcing the apple down eve's throat (laughs) and then making her sort of realizing it yeah uh yeah i mean i guess bernard is sort of the one that is still sort of like he's already come to terms with his quote-unquote, sins that he's committed before. So he's sort of a few steps ahead of the stages that humanity is at this point.
1: It, and I'm not sure of the full Judeo-Christian, you know, story or methodology here, but is this, is the Messiah's purpose to kind of absolve original sins? So I don't know if that's the case. I know that's what Jesus mm-hmm. did. But I, I don't know if, like, that's what is Bernard going to do here, the original, I don't know. There's a lot of ways you go about that. I'm not a theologist, though, so.
2: I mean, I'll be very intrigued to see, like, Let's say Dolores' plan is foiled, which we might get into in Jack's Craft Doc Theory, and like the humanity is saved. Like, can they ever go back to the way things were before, though, when they I don't were think living so. without like knowledge of what Rehoboam had planned for them? Like, humanity is definitely changed no matter what the outcome is because people are now going to live, live moving forward with like, okay, this could be a possible outcome as to like when I die, how <laughs> right. I die, and what happens in my life between then.
1: Well, I do find it fascinating that this show, since the beginning, has explored the flaws of humanity, and it's given this, you know, the hosts are this alternate take and alternate vision of, you know, what humanity could be, or what what's maybe the next evolution or next step in humanity, and, you know, I, that's why I love Serac's trying to fix humanity or all the flaws of humanity, but in doing that, it's like, are they actually living... Mm. Humans, uh, the way they're supposed to be. So I, it's a great um, philosophical debate that this season's right. presenting, which I think has made it a really compelling season so far. Uh, let's finish it up here. The Insight logo bears a visual similarity to the Westworld game app. I haven't played that. So, oh, game map. Uh, in in the most hashtag COVID-like quote of the episode. Bernard says about Dolores she's sending them off their loops this is what COVID has done to the entire world we are all off our loops baby yeah okay that's it from here thanks for what you guys do maybe a zoom session for a finale episode hugs Sasha uh, Sasha thank you,
0: thank you Sasha that's an I awesome email I don't think we need Ethan
1: anymore
2: <laughs> I think Sasha's I think, the new Ethan yeah,
1: yeah I think so I, we're crowning Sasha The mess around and uh, Sasha, we usually do a live episode for the finale uh, on our page. We'll we'll post the links if you are on Facebook group or wherever. uh, That's only three weeks away. Only yeah, I know that's crazy. Uh, Only three
0: episodes left. All right, I forgot to say last night's episode. I I didn't want it to end. That's how much I was enjoying it. I looked, I go, oh, it's only five minutes left. I go ah ah ah. Anyway. I always, I always judge that as a good ep- a great episode is when cause sometimes mm-hmm. you're like going, all right, this, this thing can end. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I've got enough information. But I, I just enjoyed last night's episode.
1: For me, it was, uh, I was like, I didn't want it to end. I didn't have that. But I didn't, like, at no point look at my watch and think, when is this going to be over? So that's where I think it's a yeah. very medium Well, You have that me. clock above your TV, so you don't need to look at your watch. I guess you're right. But I didn't really think about it. I don't watch <laughs> it right when it starts at 9. It's like maybe nine ten by the time we get to it or whatever. But anyway, I, to me, it's very medium. I didn't say, like, okay, when's this going to end? It was more like okay, that was that was fun. That wasn't a waste <laughs> of my time. <laughs> I didn't. I'm saying I didn't say that. So, but I like okay. that. You know, we're three people and we have three did, different. Did opinions. you did
0: you like it or not?
1: I did, but I didn't love it. I liked yeah. it. I
0: didn't love it. Oh, okay, I, I I have no problem with that. I'm, I'm not here because I know there's people that don't even like season five as uh, season five. Season three.
2: Well, I don't think anyone's like season five. It
0: hasn't happened yet. Yeah, well, I've seen the future, and it's fantastic.
2: Oh, good. That was the
0: outcome?
1: Yeah, I thought it was just amazing. Jack is Rehoboam. I'm Uh, the god. Anyway, all right, well, that's what our listeners thought about this episode. Now it's time to get into Jack's current throwing of the week, in which I almost spoiled it. But we do this over uh, <laughs> well, Streamyard. It's pretty well spoiled. I mean,
0: it's just like <laughs> no, 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 I'm rehashing things we talked about. But okay, uh, that's
1: okay, we we okay. we record this episode through Streamyard, even though it's not like streaming or anything. So mm-hmm. I get to see. We get to see Jack's reaction and all of his like.
2: Yeah, he was basically trying to signal to us to not talk about certain things, <laughs> even though we had no idea what he was signaling about
0: my house was on fire
2: yeah exactly like I thought when you were shushing me you were like oh don't talk about love story cause like it's a spoiler <laughs> No, <I> don't <laughs> talk about love story because <laughs> it's involved in my theory of the week I didn't watch it up ruin it for me dude
1: so the, the the feedback for you Jack is we need some type of like set sign signals so we know like, exactly. there's like touchdown or like this is bad pass or whatever like we just need some standardization of your hand signals so we know when we're spoiling your crackpot theory. Exactly. The or, like
2: a, or like a safety word. <laughs> okay, there we go. Jack has a sign just for Jay and I. I think we can use that from now on.
1: All right, got it. Uh, the sign said, also,
2: uh, I could also say it's a very applicable. Jay could use it with Ethan as well. It could. <laughs> it so could,
1: Ethan. Expertise. Ethan, you son of a beasting. Uh, if anyone wants to know what Jack wrote, it was shut the F. Rank up. I didn't abbreviate it. I wrote it out. He wrote it out. Wrote it out. All caps. Like yeah. A, like a text from Grandpa. And you're like, <laughs> are you yelling? I was like, no, I'm just writing it so I can see it better. And I'm like, oh, Grandpa. Anyway, <laughs> oh, sorry. All right. Moving on. Now, now we're picking on old people. Oh, that's right. You're a grandpa. Sorry. Yes, I am. All right. Anyways, uh, let's go to Jack's crackpot. Theory of the week. Take it away, Jack.
0: So, do we believe that that I was going to say Aaron Paul? Do we believe that <laughs> Caleb was in he is was locked up at one point and being well, reprogrammed or rebooted? Yes, because I
2: believe one of the flashes we saw was him wearing goggles that looked very similar to what William's wearing next week right. in a straight jacket. It looked like he was in some sort of like table so yes i would imagine that he has at least some past of being institutionalized at some point
0: mm-hmm. and somehow he escaped or was he allowed to escape i'm gonna say he was allowed to escape oh and that he is set he's his job is to terminate dolores and that's why we were getting love story because as you mentioned mike in love story ali mcgraw she dies mm-hmm. spoiler she mm-hmm. dies and he keeps looking at her and it because that's what – the one thing I can remember from love story is she dies. Yep. I mean, you don't yep. remember the love story part. I just remember, oh, in love and she dies.
1: Yep. So yep. I think
0: that he's going to attempt to kill her. But I don't think – I don't know if he'll succeed. But I think that's what the whole thing was, that he's – who am I? Who am I trying to – because he's trying to remember who he is.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I think
0: I, once, I, once he does remember, then he's going to try and kill her.
2: I, I do agree that I think he is going to – turn on her because I don't know I think this season is going to end with like Dolores being defeated in some way because I mean she really hasn't had like a huge setback outside of telly, t- Teddy killing himself like even at the yeah. end of season 2 when we thought like oh man she got gunned down at the forge like she's dead now nope she was actually inside Charlotte Hale <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. like she was, she was fine don't worry she hasn't yeah. really experienced especially this season like any sort of defeat and how great would it be that the one person who ends up sort of stopping her plans is this person who's considered like an aberration of the human world. Mm-hmm. That right. this this person who exists outside in sort of the free space of humanity is the only person that can stop Dolores from being able to take over, you know, to get people yeah. out of their loops.
0: And I think Serac knows about Caleb because I think probably – so we saw he he visited his brother and was working on it. So I think he probably has planted – he probably has all kinds of Calebs all over the place.
1: Interesting. Uh, I I like the idea. Um, I'm I'm not 100% against it. But I do think there's something to be said that why have Maeve or why is Serac trying to court Maeve if – if he but maybe caleb's the contingency plan to your point
0: well yeah. you see you see dolores is always seems one step ahead mm-hmm. like mike was saying she she hasn't suffered i mean she's she's almost into she's like dirty harry yeah or you know some some guy you know some person in a movie where you just can't kill them mm-hmm. you know yeah. they come back to the next movie and the next movie you know james <laughs> well, bond
2: <laughs> yeah and that's the thing as well and actually i remember us talking about this a bit with Eleven from Stranger Things of like, from a creative perspective, if you have an all powerful character, at a certain point, there's just, there's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm, if right. that character has no challenge and has no vulnerabilities and yeah. no weaknesses, and that's why season one in particular was so much fun, was watching Dolores sort of come into her own and grow as this character. Yeah. I don't know, like, I don't, I would not see where what a season four or five would be if Dolores does not get challenged here. Granted, you know, this this show surprises us time, time and time again, but I, I just feel like she has a reckoning coming at yep. some point. And I guess the question is, does it come at the hands of Caleb or Bernard or somebody else?
1: And and that's the beauty of what Damon Lindelof did with his uh, season of Watchmen, where you take a godlike character like Dr. Manhattan, who is essentially like a Superman-esque or Captain Atom uh, character, whereas like infallible, can't die, but then like give him or or make them more human uh, to the point where they can fall. Um, so or he they, doesn't.
0: He doesn't kill Dolores. Dolores, he kills um, uh, Charlotte. Dolores. He, he, he,
2: yeah, it, it could be a thing where like he ends up exterminating the other Dolores clones, right. so she's the only one. Left, and,
0: which, and that and that weakens her. So yeah because, because, because be i mean they
2: talked about it in this episode that like you know she has lived all this almost sense of immortality and that she mm-hmm. has died so many times and this yep. would be the first time and like she her life is truly you know one shot in the
0: pan yeah she does say i think I, I think she did say i could i can die yeah i think she i think she does use that line so mm-hmm.
2: but apparently she can't get shot
0: <laughs> no.
1: so you have to try something else Caleb all right, so that is your Crackpot Theory. And I'm sticking to it. All right. Well, that will do it for this episode of Westworld with Jay, Jack and Mike. Give us a call at 385-309-0311. Calling time except for Ethan. And <laughs> send an email to westworldjjm at gmail dot com. Join our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash group slash J and Junk Group. If you use Amazon, use our link, JaneJack.com slash Amazon. And we want to thank the people that make the show possible, especially our patrons, like Tack from Tokyo, Eckhart Richter, Maggie the Magnificent, Joanne with the Plan, Drake the Destroyer, Ed the Creepy Mailman, and Greg the Gray. Thank you to all of our pages. You can find a full list over at jinjack.com. Mike, you are one of the most prolific podcasters I have ever met in my 15 <laughs> years of podcasting. <laughs> where can people find your fantastic stuff?
2: Uh, per, uh, at a Mike Bloom type on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> is where I put out most of my stuff. Uh, parade.com is where I put out interviews for reality shows. Working on stuff on Rod has a podcast and post show recaps. Uh, The big one, one big thing that I actually just worked on, I don't know if either one of you are Shit's Creek fans, but uh, I just concluded this past week and I got to do a nice little series recap of that. And yeah, that's one of my favorite comedies, let alone like favorite shows that I've experienced in
1: years. I, Colleen and I are on my list. uh, Colleen and I are safe, or at least she's been wanting to like do it week, like every single week, but I've been like, nah, I just want to save it because I just, I'm not ready to say goodbye yet, so I'm just going to maybe –
2: Yeah, it's tough. There's a lot of, like – there's a lot of happy tears going on. I want to well.
0: yeah. I I say that when there's a time that I don't, I'm don't, i not busy and I can watch it.
1: Um, It's it's really good, <laughs> and what I love about the show is – I don't know. It just it, – it hits on so many levels where you don't care about these people. They're very annoying, but they just, like, you fall in love with them on such, like, an emotional yeah. level that – Oh, so you've seen it? yeah well, i haven't seen the last yeah. season i've watched yeah, up the to last the season. last season oh, so I, I, i've never I, seen
0: that episode but it's people get yeah i watch it I'm, you gotta I'm, see the baby
1: we do, we do though i mean that's
2: the thing is that i will admit i watched the first episode one time and i'm like all right this is fine but i i don't know if i want to yep. commit to this it yep. takes a little while to, to warm up to them but once you you'll hit a certain point when you're like wow i i this i love this show and yep. Jay's completely maybe, I'll start,
0: maybe i'll start tomorrow
2: yeah, I mean, it really is. It's it's on a, a different, similar way with it's like Parks and Rec in terms of like mm-hmm. having genuinely comedic moments, but with such emotional investment in these mm-hmm. characters and genuinely heartwarming moments yep. that you would not have expected from this show yeah. at first blush. I could not recommend it highly enough. The first five seasons are on American Netflix, and then the sixth season just finished on a Pop TV in mm-hmm. the United States. So, okay. if anything, you can watch the first five seasons before hopefully the sixth shows up sometime yeah. soon.
1: Yeah, it, I just it's...
0: finished up my favorite comedy, Ozark. <laughs> so that was funny. Yeah,
1: it you will not be disappointed. To Mike's point, it does take a little while. Like most comedies, like great, yeah, exactly. it takes a minute to like get. But what it does so well, it's a similar press uh, premise to maybe Arrested Development, but where Arrested Development yeah. where they're all horrible people and you never really like this one. where a similar premise to that, but like rich people that lose everything. But you actually really fall in love with all of these characters um on a, on a mm-hmm. really deep level like i again I cry easy but I, i've cried a lot watching Fitz oh, yeah. Creek. And, but and, like
2: but like happy tears yes, like it's, yes. not, it's not it's not not a drama where heartbreak occurs it's, it's more so like these beautiful moments are happening and it makes you genuinely emotional which is a testament to like very very good character work could not recommend especially in this time yes uh when we when we need to sort of transport ourselves to a place where like problems exist but there is so much like joy coming from a from a you know a place on TV and it it like warmed my heart getting to watch for the entire series and to, yeah, to Jay's point I do I, I envy those that have not explored it and or the the final few episodes uh just because you know
1: right. you miss
0: it you miss I'm it, it up, I'm putting it on my
1: it's list. uh it's Desmond's uh was a great expectations uh I'm it was a great it was or Tale of Two Cities, I don't know, whatever whatever Dickens novel he was saving for when he was going to die. Exactly. I'm not going to wait till I'm going to die, but I'm just waiting, probably until Netflix I can just watch it all the way through and just be really emotional through all of it and just deal with it. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so, uh, definitely check it all out uh, on Mike's uh, Twitter page and all those other fun things. Uh, Mike. And also, kudos on your self-haircut. Uh, I don't Thank have you. I don't have the courage yet. I'm going to. I'm getting there. I'm just been wearing. Yeah, honestly, hats, just but... do it.
2: I've. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm getting close to Jack here. No, uh, you
1: yeah, <laughs> nah, nah,
0: nah. he got. You got a little more. You going got there. plenty yeah. of <laughs> hair. You just saved that bright it. light. You
2: do... As as was, as such, I spoke about. You know, we're all going a little stir crazy here. <laughs> I have not uh, gotten a buzz cut in like at least a decade, and I'm like, let me do it. I mean, the two choices during this time are either you let your hair grow to extraordinary lengths or you cut it super short. And see, you know, by the time you, you're able to go back into society, if it's at a reasonable length and I elected you the latter feels pretty good. I'll admit. So, thank you for the compliments. And hopefully, you'll be joining that club next week when we get back together to talk more about Westworld.
1: I'll shave shave my head next week. The hashtag hashtag Mike Bloom Hair Challenge. It's a thing. Check it out. (laughs) It's a thing now. (laughs) All right. That'll do it for this episode of Westworld with Jay, Jack, and Mike. We'll see you all next week for episode six. Only three episodes left. Until then... Hasta os- luego and goodbye. You? What? What? Bye. Got it. <laughs> all of you. <laughs> this is my show, damn it. <laughs> Hasta luego and goodbye. It's already been said. <laughs> That's it. You're, you're on the Ethan list. All of oh, you. Oh, wow. No. No. <laughs> no. Bye.